Growing up, my dad had a paperweight on his desk in the den. It was a very beautiful, heavy paperweight that read in large print, Gothic, large print. O oh God, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. It's funny the things you remember from childhood. And that phrase has stuck with me so often. Thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. And of course, for people in the Navy, people on the seas, that's so true. The oceans are so powerful, so majestic, so much power and energy in water. Immense, vast amounts of this natural substance. And when you're on the sea, you feel so small compared to the immensity of water. Its beauty, its life, and its power to bring about death. It is like God in that way, immense, powerful. It's been around a long time, seemingly eternal. And in the spiritual life, that whole understanding of the immensity and the omniscience and omnipotence of God on the one hand, eternal, divine, immortal, versus my lowliness, the fact that I'm finite, mortal, sinful, filled with guilt and shame. There is this chasm between me and God. And if left unchecked, that kind of fear of God can develop into a very unhealthy sense of that relationship to say, I'm so unworthy of God. I'm so small in comparison to God that with all that I am, with my sins, with the guilt, the shame, with the fact that I have not been faithful, if we go into that hole, then an unworthiness, an unhealthy sense of being unworthy comes about. And in my 32 years as a priest, I think in my experience with people, more often than not, they don't come to church because they're afraid of God. They feel so unworthy of his love, of his mercy. They're always afraid. They're always anxious that somehow he will never forgive me for what I've done. I am unworthy, undignified. And that's very dangerous to the soul, that kind of thinking, that kind of behavior. Because in Christianity, we have the revelation that Jesus Christ has now integrated completely the divine and the human the supernatural and the natural. 
the eternal and the temporal, the immortal and the mortal, the human and the divine. They are now one, truly God, truly man, Son of God, consubstantial with the Father, we say, from all eternity on the one hand, and born of Mary, conceived of Mary, born of Mary in time and place as human on the other. This is the only religion the world has ever known or will ever know in which God becomes man. Not a man who becomes God. No, that's what other religions do. And not just a prophet or a guru or a Pied Piper or a wonder worker, a philosopher, a poet, a nice guy. No, 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 no. Let's not dumb it down. The revelation is far more profound. So now with all this chasm overcome by the unity in our experience of a God-man who walked among us, who lived among us, who knows our human experience profoundly because he is truly human and God at the same time as divine, we now are worthy of being human, worthy of being saved, worthy of being forgiven, worthy of his love, worthy of his mercy. So Christianity actually is the antidote to the unworthiness, the unhealthiness of those who say, no, God is so foreign, God cannot even know what I'm going through. God doesn't even hear my prayers. God doesn't care. God doesn't love. God doesn't forgive. God... No. See, that's, that's the work of the evil one who wants to make you feel so unworthy of God's love. He's always been trying to tell the apostles this. He's been trying to tell the people, not the miracles for their own sake, but as an outward sign of his incredible mercy, love, and care for the sick, the dying. Amazing. So here we have, in these readings this weekend, that whole dynamic of the little, the small, in comparison to the great. Again, keep in mind, O oh God, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. And when we focus on the smallness, we have to be very careful. It can get very messy. So in that first reading from the second book of Kings, here is the servant who has been given 100, I'm sorry, 20 barley loaves. And Elisha says, feed the people. And he says, how can I set this before 100 people? It's so small. It's so little. What good can come from that? See, he's focusing on how little he is and how inept being little and small in power can be. And then you have it flipped over to the gospel reading from John. This miraculous multiplication of the loaves and fishes and Andrew says, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that to feed 5,000? Come on, get real, Jesus. This is a joke. This is embarrassing. There's not much here. 
So again, the disciples are focusing on the little they have. They're not focusing on, oh God, thy sea is so great. They're not looking at the greatness. They're focusing on their little, their tiny little world. And they're saying, nothing can be done because we're so unworthy. This is nothing. We're nothing. And what does Jesus do? You have to love our Lord. He just puts all of that aside. He doesn't reprimand them. He just says, get the people to sit down. I'll do it. Give me the five barley loaves, Andrew, the two fish, Peter, come on. Can you, can you imagine their doubt? People laughing at him, mocking him. There are 5,000 people here. This is really bizarre. And what does Jesus do? He takes the loaves, gives thanks for the little that he has, the little that has been given to him. Our Lord is still grateful for the little bit that we give him. Don't miss the point here. And he multiplies them and feeds them and feeds them beyond their need. When they'd had their fill, Jesus said, pick up everything else and put it into baskets. They had more than they needed. In other words, our Lord will multiply the little that we have, that we give him, our smallness, our weakness, our sickness, our doubt, our anxieties, and our joys, and he'll multiply that. But what good is, am I? He can't do anything with me. I'm just a speck dust in the wind. I, I'm nothing. I'm unworthy of this. No, no, no. See, that's not what he's saying. And so many walk away from Jesus, as I said, because they've focused on themselves so much, making their spirituality, their faith, a kind of Christian Olympics. I'm going to go for the gold. And I've been working so hard at this, Lord, and I'm not getting anything out of it. Why? Because you focused on yourself. And that's what the apostles were doing. And that's what the servant was doing with Elisha in the first reading. And that's what we do. We focus too much on ourselves and say, I, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And Jesus says, recline. Sit back. Relax. Don't be anxious. Don't be upset. Don't be afraid. Do not doubt. It is I. It's once again, the same theme throughout his entire life. Christ is always preaching to them, be at peace, please. Stop being so anxious about life. What does St. Paul say beautifully in those litanies of virtues? Paul is always brilliant about this. I urge you to live a manner worthy of the call you have received. Gentleness, patience, persevering in unity. You've been called through one baptism. You've been called to the one hope, the one hope that gets you out of every mess every time when you focus on him who is so great and can do even more with the little that we have. When it comes to the mass, 
Isn't that really also what's going on here? In a sense, the multiplication of the loaves and fishes was but a foretaste and promise of the Last Supper. And the Last Supper is the perpetual memorial that we offer every time we come to church through the sacrifice of the Mass, wherein we take nothing. In the eyes of the world, that host on that patent plate is nothing. It's so small. And a chalice of some cheap sacramental wine. I would never serve that to my guests. It's not that tasty, by the way. That's why priests don't drink a lot of that. And mix it with some water and offer that. What good is that? We could say with Andrew, what good is that? It's nothing. Oh, but the same miracle takes place in the sacramental miracle of faith. This is my body. This is my blood. You want to be fed more than loaves and fish? Oh, you have it right here. You have it right here. And the world says that's nothing. And we know. It is so great. O oh God, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. Let's focus on what's great here. Out of what's so small becomes the most incredible act of love. For you and for all. So that sins may be forgiven.